I love to pray. I love the subject of prayer. I enjoy praying. I pray a lot. I pray, you know, just riding down the road in my car all the time, just picking up prayer. My kids will tell you, just sitting there, just all of a sudden, just start praying. It don't affect anybody. Don't hurt any of them. And if they want to interrupt my prayer, well, we can talk for a minute, but I'll go back to praying. <laughs> you know, just, just pick it up where, where we can pray. I love talking to the Lord. How many of you love talking to the Lord? You know, one of the greatest things we get to do is talk to the Lord. And, uh, and, uh, and He fills us. And I just thank God for that. You know, we started this prayer subject matter and we looked at it starting with the idea that God has secrets He wants to share with us. There are many things that God wants to bring into your life that are secrets, special secrets. Wednesday night I told the story of how years ago, uh, Brother Richard and I, we were here at the church. The Lord spoke to me and told me to build a knee wall, a knee wall in front of the choir, like the choir would stand back here. And I explained we have to do stuff like that because we have a limited amount of space. There's only 70 something feet. In between the back of the wall and the other side of the building, there's 120 or 30 feet on both sides, but there's limited space here. So we can only have a small stage area front-wise, so that's why we have a big wide stage and small front. But you don't have much space, so if I was going to build a wall, it takes away space. Anyway, the Lord told me to build a wall. A knee wall is a wall that goes up about this high. It just goes in front of your knees on a stage, and so the Lord said, build this wall. I had no intention of building a wall, had no desire to build a wall, had no thoughts of building a wall. The Lord said, build a wall. I came to Richard and said, the Lord told me, build a wall. We, we came in here on a Thursday. I went and bought those stuff or whatever, Thursday or something. I mean, we had no time, but we had to build a knee wall. So we worked and stayed up and built this knee wall, and I had no idea reason why. After the service on Sunday morning, a man came up, gave his heart to Jesus, and made this his church. He decided this is where God called him to come. But he came to testify to us and tell us that on that week he had had a vision from the Lord. And that he saw that knee wall in the church God wanted him to go to. God said, I've got a place for you to go. And he showed him the platform and showed him the church with a knee wall on it. Well, there was a secret. And so that man's heart was changed. His life has changed. His family's been changed because we built a knee wall. And if he'll realize what God did for him, you know, I mean, you think about what God does for you. He shows you these things, but if he has somebody go build a knee wall just for you, you ought to realize God has something to say. Well, after that service, we tore it back down. I mean, we, that Monday, we tore the wall back down. It was done. I didn't need it anymore. It was taking up stage on the space on the, on the platform. How many know one soul's worth the whole world? One. He'll have us build a knee wall just for one soul. Because he cares about one individual. How does that come? How do you get that information? You know, I, I, I feel for people that don't believe God talks because they live a limited life. You know, having possessional things, having worldly things, owning a car, house, and those kinds of things are, are not true riches. They are riches. They are wealth to you. Having things that you own are wealthy to you. But there's more than that wealth. Wealth with blessing is better. Somebody ought to say amen right there. And then understand where blessing comes from. You know, I've known extremely wealthy people. I know, I know a lady. She makes tons of money. Just, I mean, I'm talking about tons of money and is just extremely blessed with her education, is extremely blessed in all that she does. Just this woman is just overwhelmingly blessed in terms of finances. And yet, even though financially blessed, her peace is not there. Her joy is not there. The, 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 the blessings of God are not there. You could have banks full of money and not have the peace of God. 
You don't want life without the peace of God. Look at somebody and say, you need peace. You need to be at peace. You need to be able to go and do and, and let God help you to overcome and help you and bless you. And so I encourage you, get involved in peace. Let God fill you. Prayer is a, a driver of that. Prayer drives those things. And he gives us secrets. And then we went on to say, why do we pray? And we said we pray because that's, that is God speaking through us plans on the earth. He takes his plans. He takes his ideas. He takes his word and uses it to come out of our mouths. And so we speak out his plans. And I want you to turn over to Ephesians 6.18. And we'll, we're, this is our scripture. This is our right now. Right now we'll see if the Lord changes it. But right now there's enough in here. We'll just keep going on this. But Ephesians 6.18 covers where we're at in prayer right now. What you need to know about prayer right now. Amen. And so Ephesians 6.18, if you can go over there with me. And uh, you guys on the screens today that are running the screens with the prayer scriptures on stuff, stay with me today. Um, try to catch what I say. If you don't get it, I'll say it again enough that you will get it. And let's try to keep the scriptures on the screens this morning as best you can because I want everybody to get this teaching. And so here we are. This is our fervent, this is our golden text for now. And it is praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Verse 19 says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mysteries of the gospel. Now, this is a massive scripture on prayer, and it certainly gives us a lot to talk about. And we started with the idea that we pray always. We talked about that, praying always. And I asked you the question this morning, how often does God want us to pray? I got a few always. <laughs> always. Pray without ceasing. So your life is a lifestyle. You are to live a lifestyle of prayer. As a born-again believer, you are to commune with God regularly. Let me, let me just say this to you. You know, one of the problems that a church has, or any business for that matter, is communication. You know, or a marriage. Let's just take a marriage. You know, one of the hardest things to do in a, in a marriage, or one of the most important things to have in a marriage, is proper communication. Proper communication. Now, there are many different ways to communicate. There's certainly verbal communication. We speak with our mouths. There's emotional communication, physical communication. But all along the way, there must be levels of communication. It's hard to operate anything when nobody communicates. One of the hardest things to do is pastor a church when you don't know what's going on. I'm just using the church as an example. When we don't know what's happening, when people don't come back and tell us what's going on, the church assumes that we know. They assume Pastor Steve knows what's happening in the blank blank or in the such and such. And so they just assume that I have an understanding of all that, that I certainly know everything, and that everybody has communicated it to me. And at the end of that, that something's getting done or not getting done because Pastor Steve knows about it. You know, that may seem to be true, but how many know that doesn't always happen? Can you imagine any business or any industry that you were in, anything that you were involved in? You know, I mean, if you didn't have some form of communication, verbally, physically, emotionally, I mean, if you didn't communicate at all, that you weren't communicating. How many think our relationship with God improves with a lack of communication? The answer is it doesn't. 
There's no way that we can grow in our spiritual condition. There's no way we can increase without talking to God. And if you don't have a regular communication with God, you know, prayer is a form of communication in that sense. I don't want to take that away. Some have made it so simple as it's just talking to Jesus. It's much more than just talking to Jesus. It is, it is a producing thing. It's productive. It is creative. It is all of those things. It is all of those things, but it comes from our personal involvement with God. God will do nothing for man unless he talks to him. God will do nothing for man unless he, you could desire to have something come into your life. You could desire to have things. We can desire for this church to grow. We can desire, but if we don't know how to pray for that, and we can't bring God's will to pass in our prayer life, then we can't make that come to pass because it seems God will do nothing for man except he pray. You have to pray. Look at somebody and say, you got to pray. Find somebody else. I'm going to come find the people I don't see heads turning. And look at somebody and say, you have to pray. Husbands, look at your wives. And look at him, look at her and say, you have to pray. And then wives, we already know you're saying that to your men. You have to pray. You have to pray. My house knows when I don't pray. Everybody in that house knows when I don't pray. I mean, when I go, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a little while without prayer, or I go, you know, weeks without prayer, they know the difference. I, I know the difference, and they know the difference. There's things about me that are different. My trust is different. My confidence is different. What I am with God is different. Communicating with God, it sounds so simple. I mean, this is not a, a vastly deep, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, hair-raising sermon of theology. It's a simple sermon. But the problem is that the church has become so indifferent to prayer. We become, we, it's almost like when you talk about it, oh, we already know that, but you're not doing it. I mean, it's, that's as simple as that may sound. We already know that, but when we call a prayer meeting, uh, like we have uh, prayer meetings every day, and then we'll have one tonight, you know, and we'll say to everybody in the church, we'd like you to come back and pray with us. It's such a small percentage of people in comparison to the larger percentage that come to pray. And the reason is, is because either they don't see the value in the prayer meeting. Now, I'm, I'm going to discount the people that have jobs. I'm going to discount the choices that are made that are beneficial. I understand there's things that you've programmed in your life, and I'm not fighting you on those things. We have lives. We live those lives. The church is not your only life. It's just part of your life. Amen? But I never miss Starbucks. I go to Starbucks every day. You can criticize me if you want to, but that's part of my life. Every day. I get up every Monday through Friday and take somebody to school. Every Monday through Friday, I take somebody to school. I rearrange my schedule. You know, I don't want to get up at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning. Eight in the morning. <laughs> I want to stay in bed. But I know that my schedule requires me to take my children to school. It requires it. That sounds simple to you, but I've arranged my life. Come on. And said, that's part of my life. Every single morning. Listen, every morning. I mean, just about without fail. And when it's, when it's, when it, when, when I can't do it or something comes up, there's occasions when you just, you know, this Starbucks thing. The first person I meet every morning before my day begins, before I talk to any church members, 
any other pastors or my staff is my wife. She's number one. She's going to be the first on the list. You can do what you want to. But I have a feeling that I've got something right about making her number one somewhere. I got a job, but she's got to have a place. So for us, it's Starbucks at 8.30. We drop the kids off. I got to be at Starbucks at 8.30. When 8.30 comes, if I'm not at Starbucks, she's texting me, where are you? That's how it goes. All right. And then I, I, I'm on my way. I'll be there in a second. I'm right around the corner, whatever it is. And then we go in and sit down for a minute and we discuss our day coming and the day that came. You know, men, I'm going to tell you something. Your wife has to talk. <laughs> you might not like it. You might think your words are used up, but you better get another gear, man. Your wife has, I found, you know what I found out? I heard people say this about girls that they talk more than men. It's really true. And thank God they do because we need the communication. Trust me, man, we need it. Was when my daughter got old enough to talk. I would go outside and start vacuuming the pool. And she would be walking around the pool while I was vacuuming the pool. Just. I'd be back. Yes, dear. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she did what? Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, a lot of okays. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and my wife would be inside the window. I'd look in the window. She'd be laughing. <laughs> Girls have to talk. And we've got to listen. We've got to be open to that. Men, it's wonderful to go have a communication with my wife. Turn your ears on. I mean, turn them on. There's a lot of wisdom in your wife. A lot of you guys want to get over the top of your wife and tell them you know everything. And I know what we should do. And I know. I don't know why I'm getting off on this. I'm going to get myself in trouble. These men are going to get mad. I'm the man. I'm the man. Uh, only because she said you were the man. And that's the truth. Amen. Amen. You got to understand it. You got to understand it. I mean, you don't have to do everything they say, men. You're the ones that have the charge of the decision makings, but certainly apply their thinking. Certainly add that to your thinking. And then when you hear incorrect things, be loving about how you correct those things. Be loving at how you deal with it. I don't know why. What in the world am I going off on men about women? Better stop. We have to communicate. So, in my level of communication, I mean, we get up, we get going, I get up every morning. Here's what I'm saying. Prayer is no different. Prayer is a decision that you must incorporate into your life at a higher level. You have to make a decision that you will go to the Father in Jesus' name. You have to make that as a, as a decision. You know, last week I had a situation. I told the church, I was very clear with everybody, I said, the Lord told me I need to have devotions with my children. You know, along the way you do that as a parent. There's seasons that you have a devotion or you do whatever. And they don't last. I mean, because you have a life and you do what you can as you're led by the Holy Spirit. How many of we got to be, be led by the Holy Spirit? God has to lead us. There are seasons for things. There are seasons when you'll love to read the Word of God. You ever had that season where you just pick up the Bible and you read it and nobody has to make it? It's not. It's just like it just, you were just, you're just in love with the Bible. And then all of a sudden that kind of fades out. Then you'll, all of a sudden you have a season of spending time with the Lord. You're just with Him and you're just having emotional moments with Him in the car or wherever it may be. Then there's seasons that are, that prayer is more high. Now, all these should continue to be in our life, but there are seasons when there's more of it. So the Lord's put it in my heart. Last Sunday, Steve, I want you to start devotions with your family. Start having devotions with your family. 
Well, Sunday night came. We had church. It was a good prayer service. We got home. It was a little late. And I thought, well, we've already had church. They don't need a devotion tonight. God gives us secrets. I don't know what's going on with my kids. I don't know what's going on at all. Secrets. I don't know there's a secret in my house. God already knew there was a secret in my house. I'm just telling you. I don't need to tell you all everything. You just don't go too far. Just know that I needed to fix something, but missed it Sunday night. Monday, I get a text from the school. We need you to come to the school. I need to have a meeting with you. My wife goes, uh-oh. And I'm sitting there thinking, the Lord told me. I should have had a devotion. Because you know, God can bring things out. My, I used to go off. This is okay for me to just talk like this. We're just going to be a little informal today. Because of my parents' relationship with the Lord, the way my mother was, I never left my house that she didn't know what I was doing. I mean, your mama might have been that way. But when I left the house and I went out in the world... I could come home and she would catch me at the door and say, let's pray. I knew when she said, let's pray, we were in trouble. (laughs) Let's pray. We'd go in a room, just her and I. She'd say, kneel down, son. And we'd kneel down and then she'd pray the wrath of God on me. (laughs) Lord, if he tells me a lie. (laughs) I'm not saying you ought to do that, but she would do it. And you just reveal the truth. My son doesn't lie. He tells the truth. He will not lie. And if he does, strike him with thunder and lightning. <laughs> and I think she might have meant it. Really, be honest. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And then she'd look up and say, "I was praying while you were out, and the Lord showed me you went to blah and did blah 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 and were blah 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 blah." Is that right? <laughs> Yes, ma'am. God revealed it and told me he wouldn't leave it a secret. And so the Lord would, I mean, the Lord kept me safe and kept me from things because my mom was a prayer. She prayed and sought the Lord and the Lord would reveal things. Well, I told my kids, my mom taught me to pray. And I promise you kids, there's nothing you will do that God will not show it to me. Have I not said that? I love Brian. I love having Brian on the front. He's good. I get to preach about him every Sunday now. That's what I say. God will show me. He'll show me. Somebody will tell me. Somebody will reveal it. The Lord will reveal it in my sleep. I don't know how. But the Lord will show me. You're not exempt from this. God's going to keep you safe. Come on, parents. Y'all will agree with me. You guys have little kids. Come with me here. Let's keep our kids safe. Amen. And so the Lord's revealing it to me. He's telling me on Monday, I've got a meeting and the meeting revealed something and uh, that I needed to correct. I needed to fix in, in my kids. And so we had to correct the situation. But how many know on Monday night and Tuesday night, we had we had prayer meeting. I realized that I missed it. It was time to pray. So we started Bible study. It's not a big thing. We're not taking hours and hours. We stop the TVs. We turn everything off before they, I mean, right in the middle of the night. I don't just have a specific time. Just I get everybody around. We sit on the couch and we read one chapter of the Bible of the night. We just read one. You can do more. You can do whatever you want. I'm encouraging you to do this. Don't tell me you can't do it. I have a very full schedule. Now, I run on full. Not everybody can run on full like me. I run on full. 
I mean, I, the fuller it is, the better it is for me. I like full. I mean, so I run full. But you got to take time. You have to make commitments. Moms, dads, families. As the Lord leads you, take the moment. So we sit down. We gather around on the, on the couch. They all read a piece of that scripture. We all do. You know, three or four verses, four or five verses. They read a verse. We read a verse. When it's done, we each pray or we have a little bit to say about it. Just a little bit. It doesn't take 15, 20 minutes. But if I, but if I pick something up in the spirit, that would be a really good time to do that. I want to encourage you. Take the time. Obviously, we're in a season of prayer. So the Lord's put it on my heart to come to you as a church to tell you, take a moment. Take a moment. Set aside a little bit of time. Be more spiritual than you are all the time. Just come a little further with me. Step into this prayer life a little bit. Come to some of these prayer meetings. You man, if you've got lunch break, take your lunch break at 1030 on Wednesday afternoon. Come pray with me for 30 minutes and go back to work or whatever. It won't hurt you. If you can do that, if you own a business here in, in the church, go take a lunch break with us. Get up in the morning. Come to these prayer meetings. 630 before you go to work. Take this month and add some prayer time with us. Tonight when we pray. Hey, listen, you got a whole month to take at least one Sunday night a month and come and pray with us. Come on, you can come one Sunday, can't you? You can divide one Sunday into a prayer night. I'm preaching real good. This may seem so simple. But I look at the church today and we've become so oriented with entertainment. All we have is a bunch of entertainment and everything is about entertainment. And can you put on a better show for me? The show's not for you. Worship was never about you. I think people miss the point. I want you maybe just just take a minute and say this. Worship is not about you. It's not your critique of worship that matters. It's not if you drive by the church and say they have the best worship service around. It's not about you. It was never to be about you. Worship was about God. And it was about our display to God. It was about did we give God what God wanted. Not whether you received the music you wanted. Not whether you got the beat you wanted. Whether you danced like you thought you ought to dance. Did you dance the way God wanted you to dance? Did you worship the way God wanted you to worship? Have you poured your heart out to God? And you should ask yourself when you come in. He said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. Did you walk in the building today hoping you would get the praise and worship? Or did you bring it with you? Did you come to the church today understanding that my job today was to walk into the building and offer to God what he deserved today? Not whether they played the right song, sang the right notes, hit the right beats, but no matter what they did, God, I've lifted my hands. You said lift up holy hands without rather than you said call on me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. Ask yourself, did I? I'm going to throw this out there. If on Friday night when they have the football game and it's at 730 and you have a high school player in the football team, the game starts at 730 and you decided you were running late and decided to show up at the game. This is going to make everybody upset. But I'm going to say it anyway. At 745. Game had started. They'd already had kickoff. Your kid's supposed to be the quarterback or whatever. And you were busy. 
You got, you got dressed late. The shower wasn't working right. My microwave wouldn't cook the food at the right time. He just couldn't get his clothes on. He ain't going to make it till 745. You guys go ahead and start the service without him. He'll be there at 745. How many of you think Lenoris or Norris, your son, quarterbacks for South Lawrence High School? And I am so proud of your son. How many of you? He, he, he won last night, was 36, 35 to 7 or something, Friday night. And we've been praying. Man, I love your kid. And I've been praying for him, seeking God for him, asking God to touch. This kid's going places. Uh, is he in here? He's not in here today, right? Good, I can talk about him without him being here. This kid's going places. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, I have no doubt about it. I'm just so thrilled with him and praying. But if you showed up at 745 Friday night, would there be a problem? Be a big problem. When I walked out here this morning and sat there for the first song at Family Worship Center, there wasn't but about 65 people in the building. That's how important the worship service was to most of you. Pat me on the back. I know that hurts. I know it hurts. Because that was the level of your commitment. And I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not giving you a hard time in terms of just being mean to you. I want to be a pastor to you. I want to love you. I want to tell you that our level of commitment and our relationship with the things of God needs to come up a level. If we're going to come into a prayer life and we're going to make commitments, then we've got to step in a little bit more. We have to step in just a little bit more. We got to step in just a little bit more. Like we would do to the football game or our job. I mean, God means more than all that. This is about eternity. Not just for you. This isn't just about your eternity. This is about eternity for you and others. What we do as a church, what we do for people, what we present about God is something that will show people what we are committed to as far as our Christian experience. Now, don't get mad. I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you who the 65 were that were here and I can't tell you who showed up afterwards. So I'm not picking on nobody. So if you were late, I don't know it. But I know some of you were. Did you bring your praise and worship? Did you come with praise and worship? Did you come to communicate with God? Did you come with that purpose? I think this is great. This is tremendous teaching to say to you that, that we need to step up and start beginning to live a Christian walk that encourages people to live with us and go further places. You know, I mean, just, I mean, just Friday was a good example. We had a young boy here in the church. He'd hurt his knee playing football. And, uh, and, uh, and they had to do a major surgery on his knee to recorrect, reconnect ligaments and things like that playing football. And so in the morning, my wife, you know, and the kids wanted to go over to the hospital and see him before they went to school. So early in the morning, we all got up. The whole family got up. And we went over to the hospital. I think the surgery was somewhere around 6 o'clock. So somewhere around 5.30, we were all up. And in the car trying to get there around 6. I think we probably... I don't remember what time we got there, but we took everybody in the room and the kids were excited to see him and they just wanted to, you know, just, just, just in their heart to do it. So they went to pray for him and believe with him. And then that day we went and did, dropped off the kids to school, did a whole day of work and I had other things to do. But that night they'd asked me if I would take the, the, uh, you know, different things and work with the kids at the band. So I did that. I worked with the kids at the band and I got some things done with the band and they asked me if I would drive the, 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 the bus, the, 
the, the school bus. They didn't have anybody drive the, the school, not the passenger bus, but their van. So I hooked the van up to my car. And, but before I did that, I had to go change tires, make sure everything was safe, put oil in it. I didn't want to break down on the way. You know, you don't want your car to... I got a good car, but I thought I'll just make it look a little nicer. So I did that during the day. You know, just things you do during the day. I went and picked up this, that, and the other. And then we had different things to do. So I drove the van to Conway, did the game, and then got done with that, got home, 11.45. So that was from 5 until 11.45. I had time to pray. I found time to pray. I found time to have a relationship. I found time to talk to my kids about the Lord. I found time. I made a commitment that even though I was doing all those things on a commitment, Saturday morning, we got to go to a band competition. You got to get them up, take them to school, get them all ready. Steve's got to get there early. Brian's got to get there a little bit later. I got to do this. We had to go pick up this. Had to drop off the truck for, for the, for the car wash on Saturday. The church car wash. Kids went and washed cars. I loaded up the van. We went over to St. James High School in Myrtle Beach and got done with St. James Myrtle Beach. They, I mean, I guess everybody got home. We got home a little early. Thank God I left a little early, but you know, 1145, 11.30, 11.45, they got home 12, 15, 12, 30, whatever it was. Found time to pray, found time to serve the Lord, found time to live for God, found time to be a, a loving father, a caring father, a godly man before my children because I'm committed. I, I know people want to tell me, but you don't know how tired I am. You don't know how busy my day is. That's my every day. I'm not saying you ought to live like me. That's my every day. And if I can do it, when you're at home watching your favorite television show, when you got done at 40 hours on your work week and just wanted to go hang. Come on, everybody. I'm telling the truth here. I know you're busy. I'm not saying you're not busy. But I don't want people to come in here and act like they were so busy they couldn't serve the Lord. You're just not committed to serve the Lord. It's commitment. It's a decision. It's a choice. Praying always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching there in two. The mechanics of prayer. The simplest thing that you need to know about prayer is that whatsoever you'll ask in my name. This is Jesus. He said, that will I do that the Father may be glorified. Uh, this is John 14, 14. John 14, 14 says this. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. John 16, 23 says this. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. John 16, 23. John 16, 24 says, hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive it and your joy will be full. Then 1 John 5, 14 and 15. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of the Lord. Let me say it again. This is the confidence we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us, we know we have the petitions we've desired of the Lord. I believe... That we should ask the Lord and not stop until we see it. 
Asking comes in many ways. The question may be asked. But praising never ends. And praise and worship is a form of prayer. So if I ask God for something and begin to worship him for the result, I'm praying. I'm continuing to pray. Thank you, Lord, that you'll do such and such. And then continue to worship him. When you think of your dreams, visions, and your ideas and your plans, I want you to really ask yourself, have you asked the Lord and never stopped praising him? Have you really gone to the Lord and asked him and never stopped praising him? Have you asked him with a genuineness and continued to believe him until you got your answer? Maybe you asked him years ago and thought, I asked him about that. But when he didn't do it years ago, did you stop? Was your prayer ended there? Were you disappointed when it didn't happen overnight? When it didn't come in that second that you prayed or the week that you prayed? There are many things in my ministry and in my life and in this church that have not come because we prayed once for it. They came because we continued. Pray without ceasing. I'm saying this to you because I'm telling you in this room are people who have dreams and visions and you went to God and you asked him for them, but they're not constant. They're not consistent. They're not permanent with you. They're short term. They were just at a single moment, but it's not that God does not answer it through denial. You know, if you're sick and something comes on your body and we, and they tell you, you have stage four cancer and they test you. There's nothing wrong with you saying they said I have stage four cancer. I go to people and they act like they don't have the disease. The Bible didn't say we deny something that exists. It says that we take something and put it over what exists. That may be true on the earth, but it's not true in heaven. It may be true with the doctor, but it's not true with the doctor. I wish somebody would shout out. I mean, I mean, they may tell me I don't have enough money at the bank, but God said he'd supply all my needs. I got a better bank. I got a bigger supply. I got a better God. I got a God who'll come through. When everybody else says it couldn't be done, God said he'll give me all things that I desire. Nothing is impossible to him that believes. I have a bigger bank. I've got a God that heals. I know it. And when you come, you can't just stop with the moment when they tell you you have the disease or the moment the bank says you don't have enough or the moment the truck broke down it does not matter what's going on God said I will supply I don't quit I got a saying I picked up I cannot be defeated and I will not quit I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know what the doctors are going to say. I don't know when they're going to come through with it. I don't know when it's going to be revealed. But I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. I wish somebody shout like I'm shouting. I wish somebody would understand. When they said you didn't have enough or you'd never be enough or you could never have enough. You didn't have enough education. You didn't have enough this and enough that. You don't have to live in that defeat. You have a God that's greater, 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 greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he. That is in me. Greater is he. I wish somebody get what I'm talking about. I'm just going to take a minute and preach a second. I know I'm teaching. I know you made mistakes. I know some of you have been in situations that they said it would never turn around. You, you, I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know 
know how God's going to fix it. But I've got a God that's big enough to turn it all around. I've got a God who's large enough to change it, to make something. It just, it's a flash in time. It's just a moment. I don't know how it happens, but it just, all of a sudden. Shoo! I hope you don't mind if I praise a little bit. I believe there's all of a sudden it's coming up. I just call out my all of a sudden right now. I've got an all of a sudden that's about to take place. Hey, I got something that's about to break. Something's about to take. I, I, oh, oh, glory to God's on it. I got it. I got it. Woo! Somebody's got a change coming. Somebody's got it. God's on that right there. If you'll take it, 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 take it. Woo! You haven't seen where I'm going. You don't know what God's going to do. I've got something coming. Suddenly, suddenly. Woo! Take a minute and praise Him. Take a minute and call it in. Take a minute and believe. Take a minute and say it's yours. Take a minute and confess it. Take a minute and call in your harvest. Call in your finances. Call in your student bill. Call in the payment. Call in the healing. Call in the deliverance. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The turnaround. There's a turnaround. There's a turnaround. There's a turnaround. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There's a turnaround. Oh, <laughs> glory to God. He'll reach over a thousand people just to reach one. He'll reach over a thousand to give you a word. God knows you're there. There may not seem like there's any anointing in the sermon. But as God speaks and as he talks, something will happen. God will work. And one word can turn your life around. One word can change your moment. One word can change your story. One word. Hallelujah. This is the moment to call in business. This is the moment to turn your business around. This is the moment to find employees. This is the moment. This is it. This is the moment to find the people that will come to your business. This is that moment. This is it. This is it right here, right now, right here, right now. God, you've got somebody to take care of that problem. You've got somebody that can fix my challenge. You've got some way to bring, to answer. Glory to God. Thank God when we pray that he prays through us. He said, I'll pick up through you and I'll pray out your answer. I'll give you your solution. I'll pray out your answer. I've got this thing. Come unto me, all you that labor and I. Oh man, he's all over. 
You don't understand, Pastor. The people around are dumb. They don't know what they're doing. God can take dumb people and do smart things with them. You don't have to have nobody smart. All you got to have is the Holy Ghost. All you got to have is the Lord. God can... Ah, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all don't mind. I got to shout a little bit. I got to praise a little bit. I just can't quit at this moment. I know God's right here in the middle of this. I know God is about to do something and we're going to step right in it. We're going higher. We're going further. We're going deeper. We're going into the presence of God. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. There's no limit to what God's going to do. Hallelujah. Miss Dee Dee texted me the other day. I was at home. She was trying to get a hold of y'all. And sit down. I was trying to get, I was watching a little TV. Service was over and something had happened in her family. She was smart enough. She hadn't gotten a hold of nobody here. She just come straight to me. She went on Facebook and texted me. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody run on Facebook and text me. She had a need. Her niece was in the hospital and had stopped breathing with seizures. And for several minutes, she would stop breathing. And they said at some point, it seemed like it was as much as 20 minutes. Now, obviously, something was going on. I don't know. But here's what I know. By all intents and purposes, when you stop breathing for 20 minutes, you're not going to live. But we went and sent Roger up there. And then the next morning, Amy and I went up there after Roger prayed for her in the hospital. The Lord touched her. By the next morning, we went in. She's off the respirator, sitting up in her chair, totally well, totally healed. Should have been dead. Shouldn't have made it. I'm telling you, listen to me. God is for us. And if God be for us, then who can be against us? It wasn't just something, something that happened. This little girl, she wasn't going to make it. But God came through. God's coming through. He's coming through. I want you to know, you serve a God who is not able to fail. He does not make mistakes. He doesn't have to cheat, lie, or steal. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you're asking or thinking. Don't let your dream die. Don't let your vision go. Don't let, don't walk away from it. Just stand in there. Having stand. He said, having done all, stand. Stand, stand, stand. Having done, stand. Having done all, stand. Stand. Stand, young man. Stand. Listen to me. Just stand. I know you know what that means. I don't have to know, but there's something. Just stand. Just stay there. Just stand in the Lord. Stand in God. God will repair it. God will fix it. Stand there. Say, God, I need to know. I need to understand. All I can do is just stand. I'm just going to stand. Haven't done all to stand. 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 Oh, hallelujah. All over this room, there are miracles. There are miracles right now. I sense it. There's miracles all over this room. There's a supernatural wave right now in this room. God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can ask or think. I don't believe anybody comes to church by accident. I believe if they'll listen to the Lord, he'll bring them. And when they come, they might just think they're visitors. But I got news for you. You're not just a visitor. God had a word for you. He's got something he wants to say to you. He's got something he wants to exclaim to you. He's trying to tell you there's a better way. There's a better purpose. There's a better future. There's a brighter day. There's something more. There's something up that you can't see. There's something that God has for me. I, I, I have not seen. And ear hath not heard. Neither has it entered into 
into the heart of a man. The things that God has in store for those that love him. I tell you now, your eye hadn't seen it. Your ear hadn't heard it. Your heart hasn't even been revealed to. But God has stored up for you great things, great treasures, great outcome, great outpouring, great power, great in the name of the Lord. Father, we come to you now. Lord, it'll turn in a positive way. Turn in the right direction. Turn in the right mode. Oh, 